Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Hello, welcome to the Wobizzle podcast for female freelancers and solopreneurs. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to help you thrive in a career where you set the terms. Let's get started. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2. Today's topic, A Freelancer's Guide to Staying Productive and Organized. Being productive, being organized really makes a difference, I think, with freelancers' success, particularly well, work-life balance for sure, but also financially, I think it can make a big impact financially as well. Well, and if you're juggling more than one project or client at a time, which I hope you are, you're going to have more, you need to keep track of stuff, you know, and you need to stay organized and on top of deadlines. For me, I think it comes down to structure and process, kind of having a structure for your day and your days, Mm -hmm. and then a process basically for everything you do. I agree. So those two things really come into handy. So tell me, you're you're kind of you kind of own this topic from as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. I think you you spin a lot of plates. Tell me what you what you feel like really makes a difference in helping you manage all of all of those incoming things. Well, I think first of all, I go to work every day. I mean, yes, it's just a bedroom in my hallway, but I get up and I shower and I have coffee, and it's just like the only thing missing is a commute. I get up and I go to work every day. Mm-hmm. I'm Zoom ready at least four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just the process of getting ready for my day, I think is a huge way to set the tone. I can't think, oh, I'm going to go do this and go do that. And I'll get to my work later. No, I'm at my desk by 8.30 or 9 o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. And that, do you think that having that kind of, that mindset of almost like as if you were driving to an office every day, that 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 makes a difference in your mindset then that you bring to the table every day for your clients? I do because I'm at work. I mean, this is what I do. When I cross this threshold into this room, I'm at work. I carry my coffee cup. You know, the only thing missing is my bag and my car keys. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps frame the day. It's not a side hustle. It's not a hobby. It's not something that I only do when the, you know, creativity strikes. It's how I make a living. And you do get into real clothes. They may be, you may be wearing yoga pants, but you're not in your pajamas, right? No, I'm not in my pajamas. (laughs) I shower, I do my hair, I brush my teeth, I put on earrings every single day. Wow. So you, you do, you really, I mean, you go for it. Like I have a morning routine, but it's not that work ready, I would say. Like I definitely am not, I don't work in my pajamas. Okay. <laughs> I feel I like definitely... I have the flu if I work in my pajamas. <laughs> I just feel sick. Something's wrong. I'm depressed. I don't know. It feels like going to work and it just really helps me with my mindset. And I mean, that's just me personally. I don't think it's a one size fits all approach, but I feel like I'm at work. And so it's just a mindset shift. And I think any, for anybody, whether they kind of go through all of those steps and actually get ready as if, some type of morning routine is probably pretty important to kind of just get, yeah, regardless of what that is for you. I don't follow the same routine on Saturday and Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, you know, and if I'm trying to take a Friday off, I don't follow the routine that day either. Mm-hmm. But if it's a work day, I have a routine and I, I stick with it pretty consistently. So I think yeah. that that's, that's the first thing I do. You know, it's mm-hmm. just nail it. Like I'm going to work today. You know, and I think another thing that's important kind of to that point is scheduling your day, making sure that you do have things to do, you know, and maybe even setting aside, I'm going to do this, I'm going to tackle this in the first more in the first two hours of my morning, or I'm going to hold this off until this afternoon. Do you get that structured with your day? I do actually, I have a list of tips <laughs> I can share oh, with you. Right. On that. Yeah. I'm a huge list maker. And you and I have talked about this before. Todoist is a lifesaver. Yes. I always have a list going and it's a daily list, a weekly list, a monthly list, an overall list. And luckily Todoist helps you, you can, you know, take that bird's eye view. So I always have a list and I always update that list throughout the day. And I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person who thinks I'm not going to get to that, but I'll get to it Thursday. So I just move Mm -hmm. it right then. The thing is, is I always start my list for today. I started it yesterday. Like I always end my day refining my list for tomorrow. Okay. So it's kind of like ending with the beginning in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think I've read a lot about this with Jack Canfield and the success principles and I adopted it a long time ago, but I think it helps your brain work out what you've got up tomorrow morning. You know, I think you kind of work it out in your mind a little bit that evening while you're cooking dinner or doing whatever it is that you're going to do. But it also, when you get to your desk, you know, tomorrow morning or Friday morning or whatever day it is, you hit the ground running. You don't have to stop and think, now, what is it that I need to get done today? What time do I need to return that phone call? Like you hit the ground running. You right. know exactly what you need to do. And I think also it's important to kind of rate that list. Like you've got a list and you might have 15 things on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But what are the five that have to, have to, have to get done? So mm-hmm. identify those first and foremost. These are the have tos. These are the deadlines. These are the non-movables. Get those done first. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is bonus. Yeah. So, and even prioritize those five, probably like what right. is the top priority if, if, you know, something happens and you only get one thing done, what's the most important thing that gets done? And usually it's best to start with the hardest. And I know that sounds really awful, but the that's the one that's going to take your attention points for the rest of the day. It's going to hang over your, you know, your head like a cloud, like, oh, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that after lunch. No, just get to it first. And then it's not weighing on you because it's going to be on your back burner and it's going to be on your mind no matter what. Yeah, I believe that concept is uh, referred to as eating the frog. Yes, Brian Tracy, Uh, eating the frog. Yes, the book's uh, 21 Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get Down, let's see, get done more in less time, get more done in less time. Uh, Yeah, and so I do struggle with that a little bit. I'm very aware that that frog is there, Mm -hmm. but I am really, it's really easy for me to check off those easier things and put off that frog. And that frog just doesn't go away. It's just, it's so easy to work around it that uh, I find, I find that challenging sometimes. But the recommendation is actually to do that first, get it out of the way first. Get it done. Because then everything else, the rest of the day is gravy. I mean, everything else after that, that frog, Mm -hmm. it's just a walk in the park. And so you get this momentum throughout the day, you know, once you conquer the dragon or eat the frog or whatever it is you're going to do first, then it's like, ha ha. 
and the rest of everything else just seems to come together faster. Yeah. And you know, when I am trying to avoid the frog, what I find is that I might put a 10 hour day in nine or 10 hours at my desk and be productive, like in theory, be productive, get things done, be working, checking things Mm -hmm. off the list. But still at the end of that day, I'll look back and feel like I didn't get anything done because Because that big thing, exactly, that big thing still needs handled. And we work in creative industry, so we work under a deadline. So sometimes that frog may not be the most urgent thing. So it doesn't have maybe an urgent deadline attached to it. But if you keep avoiding it, it becomes urgent because it'll get pushed right up to to where, you know, whatever the deadline was, maybe the deadline's three or four weeks from now. And you're thinking it's a really big thing and I don't really want to do it. I want to do all this other stuff. So it's easy to make excuses and say, I'm going to do this stuff because it's more urgent. But then, yeah, it becomes urgent. Yes, it becomes urgent. Then you have to not only eat the frog, but you have to eat the frog fast. Right. (laughs) And that's the worst feeling in the world. I hate being on a, on the, you know, rail like that with a deadline. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's one thing I ran into a tip, uh, last week when I was researching some other things and it talked about how you should spend some time each day doing something non-urgent because if you, if you spend a little time when it's not, you're not up against the deadline, that's going to make it easier when you do get closer to that deadline. Because if you avoid the non-urgent, it will ultimately become urgent. Exactly. And I think if you just spend your day putting out fire after fire after fire and everything is on fire and everything is urgent the and we've all had those days. I've had those days. You've had those days. I'm sure I'll have them again. But that's the worst kind of day mm-hmm. because you leave your desk and you're just breathless. And I break out in hives and I'm sweaty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just gross and uncomfortable. And I don't like to be there. Like I like to get a deadline and kill it. I don't mm-hmm. like to you know drag it across the finish line. Yeah, and, uh, it can be very anxiety inducing for sure. Oh my you... gosh, those days. And I just am not equipped mentally or physically, I don't think to take too many of those in a row. I mean, I've done it. Oh my gosh, I've done it, but I don't ever want to do it again. Do you actually uh, set office hours? How do you, what do you do to kind of manage that aspect? I do. I set office hours. I intend to be at my desk between nine And between four and five every day, if I'm not, I mean, if I'm way ahead of the game and I leave the desk at three, so be it. I'll swoop back by later on to check my email. But, you know, the people I work with pretty much have an idea of when Mm -hmm. I'm available. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I don't work outside of that because I do, but it's often just that's when I'm not checking email. That's when I'm not taking calls. I might be, you know, neck deep in a creative project or focused on something that needs my undivided attention. But yeah. Monday through Thursday, you can count on me from nine to five. Mm -hmm. Chances are I get to my desk at 8.30, might not leave until six, but you know what I'm saying. That's my framework. And Friday, I try to keep as loose as I can. Mm -hmm. I try not to make any appointments on Friday. I don't always succeed at that, but I definitely try. But I never make appointments after 12 o'clock on Friday Mm -hmm. because that's when I like to try to mop up. That's Mm -hmm. when I like to try to invoice. That's when I like to return those last emails. Uh, If I don't have a lot of mop-up work to do, that's when I'm going to go walk my dog or run errands or whatever. But, you know, four and a half days a week, 
I have pretty set hours. What about you? I I think that's pretty much the same for me. I, what I do with uh, appointments, which are now Zoom calls or, or right. calls anymore, they're not face-to-face meetings right now, but I usually try to batch those. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I have somebody sets a, a call with me for a Tuesday, then if I have anything else incoming, I will try to schedule it for Tuesday. So then that's just my day. My day is just right. going to be calls with people and getting getting projects started or doing check-ins or whatever it is that that I'm doing on those calls. Because I find it really difficult for me, just my working style, and especially when I was doing face-to-face meetings, like leaving the house and going meeting people for coffee, my day would be shot. It It wouldn't matter. If that meeting was at 10 in the morning and I was home by 11, I would still feel like my day was shot. You know, right. it was, I, I don't know why, but that I would. So, so I would go ahead and try to schedule then my other person who needed a face-to-face meeting. I'd schedule them for that afternoon. But that's just my style. I think once I get out of, get away from the desk, I'm done with the desk for that day. It's just the right. way I'm built, I suppose. It's a little different now because you've got calls versus leaving the leaving your office, leaving your house. But I still think it's just it, it's just better for me if I kind of batch those, take those opportunities to batch those things. If I look at my calendar and I have calls spread out all week, I feel like I'm not going to get anything else done but calls. Oh, I'm I'm like that now, you know, especially because I used to take more face to face meetings than you do. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. My day was shot, so I'd always try to schedule them late mm-hmm. because then it's like done. But now I'm even trying to batch client calls and Zoom calls and everything else. Like, let's see if I can get everything done on Tuesday or yeah, whatever, because it's an interruption. And even though we're on Zoom and we don't have on shoes, or <laughs> that's one thing I gave up wearing with the shutdown of shoes. Like I'm barefoot all the time. But you used to wear shoes every day to your desk. Oh at yeah, home? what? <laughs> <laughs> but. No, I feel like you still have to be on, like you're still presenting something or tracking something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a different kind of pace. And I, I don't want to say it's exhausting. It's just better to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as doing mop up, I think my mop up just kind of naturally happens. My Sometimes my mop up may happen on a different day of the week. Like I don't necessarily leave Friday afternoons like you do for that kind of thing. But honestly, I think probably Friday afternoons I spend on things that I don't want to have to spend time on over the weekend. Yeah. So you work I, on the weekend more than I do. I do. And I need to cut that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta have your downtime, work life balance. Check, check. Right. And it's really kind of funny because I, I do need to figure this out about myself. Of course, you've been freelancing and working from home much longer than I have. So you've got twice the time on me, I think. I've been doing this since 2012. You've been doing this since 1955. I don't know. <laughs> I used to have to put a I used to have to put a floppy disk that actually flopped in the mail. If that okay, just gives in. So that's mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so, it, was but, the, it was the mid nineties. And I think also part of the problem for me is that I did work in an industry when I worked in news you know, I worked a lot of weekends. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, when I started out, I worked a lot of weekends. I worked a lot of holidays. I, that industry just kind of trained me to work when the work needed done. Right. And good uh, and bad. Yeah, it's good and bad. So I'm not used to kind of, I'm not trained to expect a normal weekend necessarily. 
but I do like normal weekends. And, but I do find myself sometimes on a Wednesday, say I'll have my workload, you know, lined out in my to-doist program, which they're not a sponsor, but we would love if they were because we oh, love yeah, their products so much. Huge fans, huge we, fans. <laughs> we are. So, and, and what you should do is find an app that works for you because I was very resistant to apps or cause I couldn't find one that worked for me. There's a whole bunch of them. They're, they're all built to, Trello, to work base with camp, all of yeah. them. And some of them, you know, some people loved, absolutely love Trello. I, it didn't work for me. Some people love Basecamp. It didn't work for me, but Todoist actually works for me. If you're a list, if you're, you make, you're a list maker, if you are a yes. list maker, it's a really good app. You should, you should try it out. But anyway. It's super satisfying. Click, click. Anyway. It is. Yes. But um, I will find myself sometimes on a, say a Wednesday, looking at my list for the rest of the week. And, and at that point saying, I'll get to that over the weekend. Why? Why? That's crazy. What you need to do on Wednesday afternoon is what I do on Wednesday afternoon. If my week is pretty manageable, I look and I think, what do I have on my desk or on my list on Thursday or Friday that I can knock off now? Like I use that time to try to eat the rest of the week. Right. So I can have a Saturday and Sunday. That may be where we we differ because I will look at that. I'll look at my day. And if I'm done with my stuff for the day, I'll be like, all right, it's three o'clock. So (laughs) I get super excited knocking things off for tomorrow. What? Not only did I kill today, I'm killing tomorrow. Like it's. Well, that's, that is, that's good. I'm going to, I'm going to try to start doing that because I am. I'm just too much into this, like just sliding it. Like a lot of times if it's something I need uninterrupted time for, not that I get interrupted a lot, but if I need uninterrupted time for it, I think, oh, well, I'll save that for Saturday or Sunday afternoon when I know my clients aren't in the office and they're not working. So I won't have anything coming in to interrupt me, but I really don't get interrupted that often. This is just a mindset thing for me. I've got to shift it. And I like the idea of at three o'clock, if I'm done for the, if I'm technically done with my to-do list for the day, that maybe I look at tomorrow. I've never tried the little things. Like I don't think, Oh, I'll go ahead and write this website that I have scheduled for tomorrow. Like I don't, I don't need that big of a frog, but I might, you know, check these emails or send that, you know, schedule meeting or whatever. Like I'll try to knock little things off. And then if I can do that at four o'clock and call it a day, I do, you know. So you're saying I don't have to eat two frogs in a day. No. I need to eat the first frog and then, yeah. <laughs> Get some appetizers for tomorrow, then wake up and Just tackle the frog. I mean, there's only so many frogs you can eat a day. Let's get real. <laughs> and, you know, to our side hustle friends, Saturday and Sunday is just going to be what it is now. I mean, you're, you're going to be doing the work when you can do it. And we've logged our time doing that as well. Mm-hmm. but still try to manage it and condense, make the time that you have available the most productive that it can be. Mm-hmm. What else, what else, what other tricks? I, I need to know your tricks. What other tricks do you have <laughs> up your sleeve? Because I'm learning a lot here. Well, this is another Jack Canfield trick, but man, I'm telling you, if you have not read the success principles by Jack Canfield, I'm, I don't think it's out of print, find it and read it. But one of them is, you have to take 100% responsibility for your life. And that doesn't mean like, well, you should for your life, but for your assignment, you have mm-hmm. to get it done. Nobody cares if your kids get sick, if your computer blows up, if, you know, I mean, short of a natural or national disaster, that deadline is sacred. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have to ask for an extension. You don't want to miss it because that's where the next job comes from. 
Mm-hmm. And so I have taken, I had a brand new laptop hard drive just melt with half my project on it. I was, I borrowed a computer from my husband's office, found somebody to try and pull the data off of the dead drive and met the deadline. Mm-hmm. I've had my back go out and I had to spend three days in a horrible chair from my daughter's bedroom mm-hmm. with this ottoman. And I sat in this chair for three days because I couldn't get up and move around and I finished the assignment. Um, wow. But I mean, you have to take responsibility for the assignment. Have I ever mm-hmm. missed a deadline? A couple, but that's mm-hmm. compared to all the deadlines I've, I've met. Mm-hmm. So the deadline is sacred. That has to be, and you need to gear your productivity and your time available to meet that deadline because that's where the next job comes from. Mm-hmm. And I've never had a client let me go because I haven't met a deadline. Yeah, meeting deadlines is very is very important for not only just your uh, your reputation now, but your reputation later because people are right. going to talk to other people and and it may be the difference between you getting a referral or not. Well, it doesn't even matter if it's repeat work from that client; it could be a referral situation. Ninety percent of my work has come from referrals, mm-hmm. and yes. so I think you just have to when you take the assignment, you had you need to be prepared to do the assignment. And yeah, if that means just, you're at your desk at midnight or that means you're in a chair from your daughter's bedroom or whatever. Or if you've got a network of people, like I get called you and I could say, oh my gosh, I broke my arm. Mm-hmm. Could you help me here? You know, exactly. that's where the network comes in too. I've had to do that before. I had a situation, I was working on a, a video for a client and it had a hard deadline. It was for an event. And, uh, the company I was working with to actually do the production side, the recording side called me. My mom was very sick at the time and a thousand miles away. And I had scheduled a trip to go see her after I got the interviews for this interview finished. Right. And then there were, it was going to spend a week in editing while I was visiting my mother. And then I was going to come back and we were going to meet the deadline for the, the event. And I went in to get the editing process started and was scheduled to leave. My flight was scheduled for the next day to go back to Maryland to see my mom. And I went in and the, the production guy looked at me and his eyes were as big as saucers. And he said, I can't find the, I can't find the, the recordings. The recordings were, it wasn't even tape. It was digital. You know, he said, I can't, I can't find them. I don't know what's happened to them. They've, they're not on my computer. I can't, he couldn't find the originals. He couldn't, we basically all the work we had done the week before was had vanished. And so my choices are, and my mom was on her deathbed at this point. My choices were to cancel my trip to see my mom, which was not going to happen or figure it out. And so I called on a friend, someone that I knew could do what I do and said, I will get everybody rescheduled while I'm at airports. I will send emails and make phone calls and get all of the people rescheduled that we interviewed last week. Mm -hmm. If you can just show up and ask the questions. And she did. And I was so very grateful for it. It was, I mean, it made it, it, I mean, it would have just been disastrous for so many reasons. Right. If, if I was not able to make that happen. So yeah, having, having someone in your network or knowing people in your network 
that can pick it up for you if something happens to you. Cause we, we don't ever know. And I no. always think about that too. Like my husband doesn't have any idea who, <laughs> who I work with sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I have these <laughs> clients and I think, gosh, you know, I, I guess I could call on you. I could just tell him, just have Melissa come and lo- log onto my computer. She'll be able to figure it out. You know? Well, I've already told my husband, if something happens to me, have Michelle come in and send out my last invoices. Right, exactly. Yeah. You could tell, we could tell in Todoist, you know, we could, right. we could, you could just log in you know, to Todoist and say, okay, this, these are all the outstanding projects. I'll give you my harvest access. Yeah. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. We, yeah. But we do digress, but it is important. You're right. To meet to be able to meet a deadline, it's it's absolutely mission critical that you that you right. do that. Because that's where the rest of the work comes from. I mean, it all starts with that first assignment that you get that you turn in and you don't even only do the job, but you do it well and on time and on budget. So in talking about how that ties back to productivity and organization, how do you approach deadlines? What what's kind of your process? I try to meet them a week ahead. Uh huh. I mean, sometimes things come in and it's impossible to do that. Mm -hmm. But when I get a deadline, that's the first thing I do is I go into my to-do list. I put in the project and all the steps. I break it down. And I think that that's important with list, you know, chunk it down. You don't just Mm -hmm. have this article or this website that's due. You've got interviews. You've got revision, you know, drafts and revisions. I mean, put all the steps in there. So that way you get the satisfaction of, well, today I ate that frog and mm-hmm. it's putting you one step closer. And then I prioritize them. I mean, if it's an important project and it's on a deadline, it gets a certain color flag. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first five things that I do when I get to my desk that day. And um, if I can stay a week ahead of a deadline, then I've built myself a cushion for the eventualities of life. If my mom needs help getting to the doctor or I've got a plumbing Mm -hmm. emergency and I can't work that day because I'm walking around with a plumber or, you know, whatever. I mean, that just kind of builds in a buffer. And I think that that buffer is crucial. I mean, not only will it save you from having a nervous breakdown, but it will, it will just, it's so nice to be done with something and to turn it in early. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea of whether you're still making a list on paper or on your computer, or you're using some type of app to help you stay organized, the idea of breaking it down into those smaller pieces and attaching deadlines to each piece is really kind of the key to all of this. Because you can say, oh, I've got an article that's due in two weeks. But if you don't set your deadline to contact your interview, conduct your interview, transcribe your notes if you're recording it or, or review your notes. And, you know, in each step of the process, have draft one ready to go. You have to leave time for potentially your client to review and get back Mm -hmm. with you and that kind of thing. So attaching deadlines to each and every one of those much smaller steps is really going to help you stay ahead. And I like, I like your idea of the the weak cushion, you know, saying, okay, this is when the client needs it, but I'm going to have my internal schedule is going to be, it's going to be done a week in advance. Right. And what I have found for me, for you know, I've worked for multiple clients simultaneously over the years. It helps me monitor my own progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a success, like I'm going to get it done a week early, but if I'm juggling 15 different projects that all have different deadlines, it gets very overwhelming very fast. 
Mm-hmm. And so if I know I need to do these three things for this project today and this one on that one, and oh wait, this, you know, this is a deadline tomorrow or whatever, it really helps with the organization end of things. Because then you know that you're moving the project forward. You don't have any missed steps and you mm-hmm. don't wake up at the 11th hour and think, oh my gosh, I forgot to interview this person or, oh my gosh, I didn't get this, whatever. How do you handle projects that don't have a set deadline? I so a client one. calls, you make one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you determine that you take a look at your existing schedule? How do you determine that? Well, I've obviously decided I had room for the project when I took it. Mm-hmm. So I just look what, what would, you know, if they're like, Oh, whenever you have a chance to get to it. First of all, I kind of gauge their, you know, whenever you have a chance could be next week or it could be next month. Like what mm-hmm. is their state of urgency? So mm-hmm. I kind of try and gauge that. And then I just pop it into where it will fit in my schedule So if Mm -hmm. I've got a light week, week after next, that's when I'm going to do the lion's share of this project that I don't have to have due until next month. And so that's where an overall list app has helped me so much because I can look at what I've got going on this Monday and three Mondays down the road Mm -hmm. and, you know, just really plug it into where the the workflow is manageable. Tell me this to you. I'm I'm asking questions for myself, not just our (laughs) audience. So, and cause mine's so variable sometimes, but what your, your, your schedule is more set. You have kind of more set hours with specific clients because you work with the same folks often. Mm-hmm. And I work with some of the same folks and some of it's more intermittent. So how many billable hours do you count on working each week? I, I like to try to hit 30. I usually hit my goal is five to six per day. And I know that I spend a lot more time at my desk, but that there's a lot of time that I don't bill, you know, Mm -hmm. when I'm checking emails or when I'm doing this or doing that. So usually if I can get five to six billable hours a day and hit 30 a week, that's a successful week for me. I mean, there's been weeks I've hit 20 and there's been weeks I've hit 45 Mm -hmm. or 50. It just depends on the flow. And sometimes even the best laid plans go to waste. I mean, sometimes I can have everything just nailed down, but then all of a sudden this really lucrative project is going to cross my desk. That's going to throw everything into chaos, but I'm going to take it anyway. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like 30 is kind of the sweet spot, not only for you financially, but also maybe for your work-life balance. Yes. If I go over that, I have less work-life balance. I'm not cooking. I'm mm-hmm. not talking to my husband, you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm working or I'm organizing or I'm sleeping. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, and I've got, you know, but I've worked really hard to get to that point of work-life balance. And it's, it's still something that's relatively new. I mean, two years ago, I hadn't hit it. I was still taking everything that came mm-hmm. and I was working crazy hours. And now I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Not that it couldn't change again next month. But right now it's under control. Mm-hmm. What about you? What is your, what is your ideal billable? You know, I would. It's probably thirty as well. Although I've never really. My stuff comes in as as kind of projects. Sometimes there's there's deadlines attached, and sometimes there's not. And so I would have to really kind of go back and look. Sometimes I don't actually even track the time because it's a flat fee. And I, you don't do a lot of flat fee, right? 
I do some, but not much. Yeah. So a lot of my stuff is flat fee. So I don't actually track the time. I should still track the time. So I know, but I know in my head, oh, it's not going to go over. Yeah. I know. I kind of know how much, yeah, I'm spending, but so I don't know. I imagine it's probably, it's probably 30, 25 to 30. Like Mm -hmm. if I get much above 30, it's the same with me. It's like, I'm not going to have time to cook and go to the right. store and do Post the stuff that bring in dinner. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's probably, I, I should track that though. I need to kind of pay more attention to that because I, I don't just because like I said, I have so much stuff that's flat fee. I may not be tracking it down to the minute, but I kind of know how I feel when I've got much more than that. And then of course, when you have much less than that, then you're not, able to go to the grocery store because you don't have any money. Right. Well, and let's, <laughs> I want to ta- hit on that though, because there's been times when I haven't had 20 to 30 billable hours a week. I've had 10. It's still important to try and take another 10 hours to market yourself, whether that's building your network, whether that's reaching out to past clients, whether that's bidding on jobs, whatever that is. Don't just think, well, I'm done with my work for the week because you constantly got to be marketing to bring in work for next week. So Mm -hmm. continue to use that time updating your portfolio or whatever you, you need to do to keep yourself marketable in your name in front of the right people. Very true. Very true. And I could, I could benefit from that lesson as well. That'll be a whole separate podcast. (laughs) That'll be a separate podcast. Although right now I, my plate's full. So it's, it's sometimes it's hard when your plate's full, you don't necessarily want to be drawing attention to yourself. I know. Then you have to you say no to. A lot, but. I know. I mean, I'm not doing any marketing myself right now because I've, I've got some ongoing work, which is really quite nice, mm-hmm. but I still think, ah, oh, geez, I need to update my portfolio. I mean, because for so many years, and this is me doing, you know, say, as I do, as I say, not as I do, because my website looks like I've gone out of business, like in 1995. (laughs) I mean, it's so far out of date, because I've been so busy, but I still think it's in our best interest to keep our best foot forward. And I think that's just, in general, just a challenge of a solopreneur, right? Is that you don't have enough time to do everything that needs to be done. So that's I think, probably the second hat that you need to put on, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like I said, do as I say, not as I do, but <laughs> it's super yes. important because everything could change tomorrow. And then, yeah. Bye. And maybe that's something that you work into that you talked about on, on Friday afternoons at your mop up day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something that you work into your schedule, whether you do mop up at the end of the day or on Friday or on a weekend, if you're like me, and I'm not going to be like me anymore. I'm going to stop being like me. <laughs> stop being like you immediately. <laughs> but maybe that's something that you work into your schedule, even if it's just an hour or two. Or One thing I do ongoing, I do this all the time, is if you've got regular clients that maybe you haven't heard from in six months, but they're here and they're clients anyway, and you see something on your Google news feed or when you're reading the paper mm-hmm. or industry news or whatever, And you think, gosh, that would, so-and-so would love to read that. I email it to him and I say, hey, just, you know, saw this on my Google feed, made me think of you, hope all is well. Boom. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm top of the mind again. And nine times out of 10, I get work from it. That's just a good networking strategy, no matter what you're doing in your life. If you're, Mm -hmm. even if you work, you're still working at J-O-B, that's just a good networking strategy for all of your contacts, no matter who they are, no matter whether they have the potential to hire you or just 
they're in your network. It's just a right. solid, that's just a solid strategy. So I look at that as like, oh, I, I got some self-promotion points. Check, check. I mean, I really <laughs> didn't, I didn't do any marketing at all. I read this thing and I thought of this person, but still I make it kind of count because 90% of my work at this point comes from my network. Mm-hmm. 95 right now, mm-hmm. probably a hundred. Well, 95. Yeah. But yeah, I would say I would say a hundred of mine does. I mean, I don't really do any other, you know, if I count referral, I mean, yeah, it's all referral based somehow. I mean, I do, I am listed at, there's some associations, industry associations, but technically they're kind of referrals too, because people aren't coming to that website and clicking on my link. They're being referred by somebody on the staff that right. says, oh, you need to talk to Michelle. Well, and I I spoke to someone who was just starting out last week and I told her, I said, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of a network. We need to, we need to podcast on this. So we need to make a note Mm -hmm. because it it is so true. I mean, you need, if you're going into like me, uh, you know, freelance writer, you need to call every web designer, photographer, art director, videographer, everybody you went to school with. And you don't call them and say, give me a job. You just say, Hey, want to let you know I'm doing this. If you hear of anything, please keep me in mind and I'll do the same for you. You're not Mm -hmm. asking, you're just announcing. And Mm -hmm. that's how it starts. I mean, you just, your network is so critical. It really is. My first two jobs, actually my first three came out of my network. uh, When I, when I decided to go freelance, my first no, my first four came directly out of my network. So my biggest one, client came from you before we'd even met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's so so important for freelancers, and you don't have to have a big network. You just have you have to have visibility within the network. Right. So they need to know what you're doing. Your reputation needs to precede you. And they need to trust enough to be able to, to refer you. Right. And that needs to be part of your weekly productivity Mm -hmm. because that's what keeps you productive. That's what keeps the work coming in is the network. Mm -hmm. Self-promotion marketing. I had a referral last week. I ended up passing it on to someone else because my plate's so full, but we were discussing this before we pressed record. We discuss a lot before we well, pressed so record. So many things. <laughs> what did you have for dinner but, last night again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I had a referral come in and I asked the, I ended up passing it on to someone else because my plate was full, but I asked the person twice who referred them to me and I didn't know the person <laughs> that referred. And so, that was, happen. so I thought, gosh, you know, my network's bigger than I think. But uh, yeah, it's kind of wild. But yeah, people will know you by reputation. I mean, this person knew me enough to have my contact information too, which is, yeah, I don't know how it happened. But anyway. It's, it's interesting, the further you get into your solopreneur journey, how connected everyone is. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. where we are, but we both do a lot of national work too. Mm -hmm. But how these contacts just keep coming up again and again and again, and how you learn things from one another and refer Mm -hmm. to one another. And, you know, I might not need somebody who produces podcasts until I do, or I might not need a graphic designer until I do. And it's great for me to be able to say to a client, well, I don't do that. I have someone in mind that does. Please let Mm -hmm. me connect you. 
because it makes you more of a utility player to your clients as well. When you have a strong network that you can refer to, they don't have to go find a web designer because you know three. One thing that I've done recently, I'm going to offer a tip now since I've been asking so many questions. (laughs) I need to ask you some questions too. I have tips too. Can you share your tips? I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I've I've been hanging on your every word. (laughs) So one thing that I did recently that made a huge difference and I was working on, I was trying, I was avoiding the frog is what I was doing. I was avoiding the frog. I was sitting back in my office and I had this thing that I needed to do. It was a kind of a big writing project that usually will take me day and a half, two days to do this type of project. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get started. I had done all the due diligence leading up to it. I had interviewed the client. I had taken notes. I had transcribed, you know, my recording of the conversation. So I had really good notes. I created an outline. I had done all of that stuff, but when we came down just to start the writing, I couldn't get, I couldn't get it started. I just couldn't get it started. And I knew it was one of those things that didn't have like a hard deadline, but I knew when I wanted to have it done for them. Right. And I was really approaching that time. And so finally I was just like, it was a beautiful day outside. I, I said to myself, okay, you got to get out of this office, right? This office is, there's something, something's wrong. Like you're feeling this energy, this energetic weight on your shoulders. And I took my laptop and went out on my deck and it was a beautiful day. And I just started writing and I tell you what, it, the floodgate just opened up. I had that done in a couple hours and the client, I sent it off to them. And in five minutes, I got an email back from them saying, this copy is dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They were, they're, they're kind of, they're hipsters. They're at least 20 years younger than me. And so I felt pretty good about that. I thought, gosh, that's all I needed to do was go outside on a beautiful day right. and type. So, so sometimes I think mixing up your, your environment, and it might mean changing the arrangement of the furniture in your office. Mm-hmm. It might mean going out on your deck or your front porch or back when we used to be able to go places, you know, oh, to the, the places <laughs> I used to like to go to a coffee shop sometimes. To the coffee and just shop. There. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So, places. so sometimes it just, yeah, sometimes for me, even you've been over to my house, the perch. So mm-hmm. I have a, I've said it, you're approaching written a lot. Of exactly. Stuff, yeah. yeah. It's, we, we've got a bar in our kitchen, just, you know, kind of a counter top bar or whatever. That's been a great place for me to just right. sit and get stuff done. So sometimes it's just a matter of moving to a different place in your house, move rearranging the furniture. Maybe you just move to a different, maybe you've got an office and you've got a, a chair or something aside from your desk in your I office. You go, yeah, go sit there for a while with your laptop. Or- it's usually for my dog. <laughs> <laughs> move the dog, put the dog to work. Well, I always tell him, I'm like, I have to go to work today and he'll come and get in the chair in my office. <laughs> Well, and it, even if you can't really, if it's not feasible for some reason for you to do any of these things, maybe you just go out for a walk. Right. Sometimes you know? stepping away rather than sitting there and, because the hardest part about a creative pro- project is starting. It's the mm-hmm. hardest part every time. And sometimes that frog gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you can just get up from your desk for 15 minutes, 
take a walk around the block, cook something, do something that's that you're not just sitting here sweating. It'll be so much easier to get started. Yeah, breaks are the way we're built as humans. Uh, it, I think it's 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. We need a break about every 60 to 90 minutes if we want to stay productive, if we want to be working at our best. So I have a timer. I get up and I leave my desk every hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I, go far, obviously, because we can't go places, but <laughs> I'll go get something to drink. I'll let my dogs out, you know, check the mail, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Break up the, I don't want to say monotony because it's not monotonous, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. What else, what else do we need to do folks need to know to be more productive and more organized? Well, I think that's where, you know, listener questions come in. Tell us what you need to know. Or do you have tips? How do you stay productive? You know, how do you stay organized? We'd love to hear from you too, because maybe you've done something I haven't ever even thought of. I'm always looking for ways to streamline what I'm doing. Yeah, I've learned a lot today just from you. So I'm super excited. (laughs) I don't know how much of it's good. No, I'm glad. I can't wait to to read the show notes. So I'll remember what we've talked about. (laughs) You can just call me anytime. What was that thing? And I'll be like, ah, don't work weekends, Michelle. Just don't do it. (laughs) Well, as Melissa said, we would love to hear from you. We appreciate you listening today. And if you have tips you would like, like to share with us, please get in touch. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we're even on Pinterest. Did you know this? We're even on Pinterest. Yes. That's awesome. (laughs) And of course, we would love to have you join our community. We have a a Facebook group called the Women of Wobizzle. So head to Facebook, like wobizzle.com, and then request to join the Women of Wobizzle group. We would love to have you join our community. Oh, yeah, there's so many great conversations there. We'd love to have you join us. So until next time, keep moving forward. You've got this. You can do it.